I'm Sandra Smith. I'm Brett Baer. I'm Ainsley Earhart. And this is the Fox News Rundown. Monday, July 6, 2020. I'm Trey Yinks. Coronavirus cases are reaching record highs in many countries around the world, though other key stories continue to develop. When the focus shifts from regular events like elections, like political arguments, economic crises, and so on, to the pandemic, we all go into an emergency mode. By the time we want to go back to the, our original plan, so-called, maybe it's too late. This is the Fox News Rundown, global pandemic. Amid economic collapse, new disease, and ongoing conflict, the world continues to face difficulties that have nothing to do with coronavirus. Over the next few minutes, you'll get the latest headlines on the global COVID-19 outbreak and hear from Yonat Freeling, a senior Fox News field producer, about important stories over the past few months not related to the virus. Each Monday, we'll have the news you may have missed amid the coronavirus pandemic. Starting first with updates out of Israel that is in the middle of a second wave of COVID-19. The country had previously seen days with single-digit new cases after the initial spike, but now is hovering just under 1,000 positive results each day. Israeli officials are re-implementing restrictions on public gatherings and religious services, but are not expected to lock down the entire country again. Now to the Gulf, where in Saudi Arabia, new cases are on the rise once again. Saudi Arabia has seen more than 200,000 total cases after initially having good control over their coronavirus outbreak. The country has decided to limit the number of domestic citizens allowed to make the annual Hajj pilgrimage to just 1,000 people. Access to other key holy sites in Islam is being limited, and social distancing guidelines are being required. Finally, in Mexico, the death toll from COVID-19 has surpassed 30,000 people. Mexico has now taken over France in becoming the fifth worst affected country in the world when it comes to fatalities. Mexico has reported more than a quarter million total cases, but started to lift some lockdown restrictions last week over fears their economy would take an even harder hit than it already has. These are all extremely important updates, but there are also other major stories developing around the world. The pound, the lira, has been dropping. Um, The average um, salary that has been eight months ago, about $400, is now $60. This is Yonat Freeling, a senior Fox News field producer. She joins us today in studio. Um, We talked about the limitation of withdrawing money from ATM last week. And this week we've seen in many social media accounts and in some of the Arab press, Photos of people sharing from the middle class, sharing their empty fridges and saying that they can't afford meat uh, for their children or they're downsizing on any kind of food and medicines. Um, There are constant uh, power outages throughout the country and throughout Beirut, the capital, um, harming the hospital activities and make it very hard for the people in mid-July to cope with the heat. And it seems that it's not going to change. I saw some reporters on the ground in Beirut talking about the hospitals saying that surgeries have been canceled and that they're only allowing electricity in certain parts of the hospitals because they just can't keep the entire place up and running. And it's not only civilians that are seeing the impact of these power shortages, these rolling blackouts and other measures amid this crumbling economy. It's also the military. We talked about this a little bit, but the military is no longer serving meat to their soldiers because they simply can't afford the skyrocketing prices. 
it's not just meat. We've seen it with coffee and other normal staples that people would include in their diet that they simply can't afford due to the economic crisis. So how do all of these things play into security for the region? We do know that Hezbollah controls territory in Lebanon, and it's a serious threat to U.S. ally Israel. They have precision-guided missiles. They have rockets and other types of weapons that could be used if a larger conflict erupts. What does the economic situation look like for the future of the region? Yes, so the American sanctions on Iran are basically uh, depleting the um, the Iranian money that is being sent to Hezbollah. Hezbollah is uh, controlling major parts of Beirut, the capital of Lebanon, and also um, some of its members are in, in the Lebanese government. And so when families that um, joined Hezbollah mainly either because of ideology or maybe because they wanted some more money, uh, because the economic uh, crisis hasn't started this month or before the corona. It has started a long time ago. Um, And now they're losing more and more money. And when people are hungry, um, they lose hope. They have nothing to lose, and they will do almost everything. Um, Secretary Pompeo said last week in a presser that um, the U.S. is willing to stand by the Lebanese government and help it recover, but he made a a precondition. They would need to figure out what they want, and by that he meant leaving uh, Iran and Hezbollah. It's a major story that isn't getting talked about a lot due to the spread of coronavirus, but in part is related to this larger COVID-19 story because it was the straw that broke the camel's back in Lebanon. The economic situation, unemployment, and lockdowns that we saw there had such a grim effect on the economy that it forced the country into this new chapter. I want to shift now to Ethiopia. This is another story over the weekend we've been looking at. After a popular singer was killed in Ethiopia, protests erupted, and more than 160 people have been killed based on publicly available figures in these protests, riots, and demonstrations that have happened over the past week. What is the latest out of Ethiopia, and what sort of information are you getting about the situation on the ground? Um, This morning we got a report um, that the internet is down in Ethiopia um, since um, the killing of the singer, um, Hakalu Hundesa, that was his name, was 34. He was shot. We still don't know who caused, who shot him and what was the cause. But he was a prominent singer and, and a human, activ- human rights activist for his own people, the Oromo uh, people from Ethiopia. And um, he voiced a lot of criticism on the, um, on the government efforts to marginalize the people. Um, again, we talk again, ag- about living condition, basic human living conditions. And Ethiopia is a poor country. And there's a significant difference between the people from Addis Abeba, the capital, which is modernized, and the people in the outskirts of the countries that are still living in sometimes in basic mud huts and they um, lacked electricity and running water. Um, So that's what he wanted. And um, the prime minister was also in a moral for some reason opposes the things that um, he says and others. Um, we've heard reports in the past few months of activists missing, 
uh, oppositions are being arrested and then released. And so... This is another example of a country that, with right now limited access to internet, also limited access to free speech and a free press, makes it difficult for the international community to fully understand how bad things are on the ground. We know that there are ongoing protests. We know that protesters are being shot and killed. But we don't know a whole lot of information about the extent of the killing in the streets of Addis Ababa and other cities and actually the government's role in causing some of these massacres that we are seeing day in and day out since the killing of this singer. Shifting a little bit south. Maybe, if I could. Um, There was supposed to be um, elections coming out in August, but um, the the prime minister have declared that he's going to postpone the elections until the end of COVID-19. Or and then he said after nine to ten, twelve months of the country being clean, and since we all know now that probably the corona will not disappear, um, one might ask, when are the elections going to uh, be held, if at all? You've been listening to Yonat Freeling, a senior Fox News field producer. We'll be right back. Do you see that during this pandemic, governments are taking advantage of the fact that coronavirus is happening to every country and the focus is on this disease. Is there an advantage for governments and civilians who want to get away with things during a global pandemic? I think so. Uh, We've seen it in some places, as we mentioned last week and today, but we're also seeing here in in Israel when the focus um, shifts from regular um, events like elections, like political arguments, um, economic crises, and so on, to the pandemic, we all go into an emergency mode. Um, we shift all our efforts and all our resources, if we're lucky to have them, into this. And then by the time we want to go back to the, our original plan, so-called, maybe it's too late. Um, and some countries have um, used the time that the light was shed on each and every country was trying to cope with its own situation. That Maybe they have exploited the situation and doing things. I wanted to shift now to northern Africa. There are some developments when it comes to a Nile Dam and the Egyptian government that could lead to conflict. We haven't heard much about this story. What's the latest on this? Yes, we're talking about the Grand Ethiopian Dam, uh, an Ethiopian enterprise um, that is almost being completed. It's going to be the biggest um, dam in Africa. Um, Ethiopia wants to fill it with water now despite having an agreement with the neighboring countries, Sudan and Egypt, that everything that they're going to do are going to be done in coordination. The Blue Nile uh, is, um, controls 85% of the water of the Nile that we all know from Egypt, from the Bible um, and Moses. Um, and Egypt relies almost entirely on the water. The Nile goes almost through throughout Egypt. And when you look at the map, you see that a lot of places are right by the shore. Um, And if anything will happen or the water will supply will go down, this will make a significant impact on Egypt, 
which is, again, not for the first time, is handling with drought um, and is one of the poorest countries that relies on agriculture. So everything is connected to everything. It's interesting you talk about the possibility of the Ethiopians moving forward with this project amid the pandemic. The Egyptians have faced a lot of international criticism for arrest of journalists and even doctors during the COVID-19 pandemic and the flow of information coming out of Egypt as it relates to their domestic issues has been severely cut off, not even talking about some of these key international problems that they may be directly involved in in the coming weeks and months. Before I let you go, I do want to talk about one positive story that we found this week amid coronavirus and amid some of these other difficult stories to consume, whether it's Lebanon, Ethiopia, Egypt, there was this beautiful story about an Afghan translator previously worked for the U.S. military who celebrated his first 4th of July over the weekend. Tell me about this story. Um, you're talking about the amazing bond between Yanis Shinwari and Captain Matt Zeller. Um, Matt Zeller in 2008 was about to die during a battle with the Taliban forces until a man who identified himself as a U.S. translator dragged him away from harm's way. This was Yanis. Matt then uh, vowed to bring him uh, to the U.S. and save him. And Yanis, on this Independence Day, was awarded U.S. citizenship. Uh, both of them have um, started a nonprofit, No One Is Left Behind, which has helped more than 5,000 translators and their family to settle as refugees in the United States, which is an amazing enterprise. It's such a great story, and it talks about the American dream and the American commitment to really have no soldier left behind. And we see this story not only in Afghanistan, but across the Middle East. I can remember talking to a number of security guys in Baghdad who had previously served as translators for the U.S. military. And that bond of trust and understanding when fighting a common enemy is so strong. And it was nice to see that this Afghan translator got to make his way to the United States and that the U.S. military actually fulfilled their promise in getting him citizenship. A lot of things to cover over this past week. This week certainly going to be filled with a number of regional developments in the Middle East, whether it's related to Iran, Syria, Gaza, and obviously the continuing coronavirus pandemic. Yonat Freeling, a senior Fox News field producer, joining me today in studio. Yonat, thank you again for your time. Thank you again, Trey. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. Hi, everybody. It's Brian Kilmeade. I want you to join me weekdays at 9 a.m. East as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and, of course, what you think. Listen live or get the podcast now at briankilmeadeshow.com.